Welcome to the afternoons. Good to have you listening to us. Love your telephone calls or texts or emails. We very much want you to become part of the show. Uh, an old cobber of mine, uh, when I say old, uh, he's, uh, I catch up with him about once a year at the uh, the police seminar, Superintendent Bob Gray, the officer in charge of the Traffic Services Division of SAPOL, and we've got him on the telephone. G'day, Bobby. Good afternoon, Tony. OK, mate, you're in charge of the uh, the Traffic uh, Division of SAPOL. Y- you're talking about um, the five uh, the five real main areas of concern because it, it doesn't seem that uh, our driving sense and the, and the fatalities are just increasing out there on the roads of ours. No, you're right. I mean, there's five uh, biggest contributors to lives lost on our roads and to serious injury crashes are people that choose to drink and drug drive, people that speed, people that, uh, and this this defies common sense, but people make a genuine decision not to wear a fitted seatbelt. You can't imagine that, Bob, in this day and age, can you? No, not when you think that uh, over the last five years, 71 people have lost their lives because they've chosen not to wear a a fitted seatbelt in a vehicle. 71 people have been killed on the roads not wearing seatbelts? In the last five years, yes. Really? Really? Uh, Distraction's a uh, a big issue for us because that's over the last five years again has been predominantly the biggest driver of the road fatalities and um, serious injury crashes and obviously dangerous road users people that make a conscious decision to do uh, irresponsible and selfish acts on the roads and bob you call these the fatal five we do call them the fatal five yes all righty you talk about distractions and this day and age mobile phones i mean sometimes when somebody's in front of you at the lights and they're slow and taking off and the head is down you know nearly for a fact that they've got the mobile phone open and they're looking at that not looking at the green lights or the red lights Oh, that's right. People just don't seem to understand the consequences of being distracted. I mean, driving is a complex task. Yeah. Uh, and over the last 12 months, we've issued in excess of 8,000 uh, expiation notices for people that have been using mobile phones while driving. If uh, you've got a question, and there's questions out there about driving a car, being on the roads and things like that, here's the opportunity of putting it directly to the officer in charge for SAPOL of our road superintendent, Bob Gray, 8223 0000, or perhaps an email on air at 5AA.com.au. Bob, from uh, from Cosy, he says, uh, why is the South Australian speed limit of 110 on our country roads, where in other states it's 100? Should we be dropping it back those 10 k's? Well, look, um, there's clear evidence that uh, the more quickly you travel, um, the more likelihood you are to have a bad outcome if you do have a collision. Having said that, SOPOL's not responsible for setting the speed limits on our roads. That's the Department of Planning, Transport and Infrastructure. Okay. Do you have any input into it at all, though? Uh, Not generally. We certainly provide advice in relation to uh, outcomes of uh, crashes, uh, both lives lost and serious injuries, but um, they have a complex matrix system where they rate the roads and um, how safe they are and the the condition of the road and a whole heap of other things in terms of road treatment. So, uh, as I said, SOPOL don't directly have anything to do with setting those speed limits. Okay, they should have. Uh, uh, Fiona is our first caller for you. Bob, she's at Glengarry. Uh, Fee, thank you for the call. Good afternoon. Hi, Bilko. How are you? Yeah, we're well, thank you. What's your question for the superintendent? Um, superintendent Bob, I'm just wondering if there's any thoughts of doing some sort of um, campaign. We've had a lot of campaigns about mobile phones and distractions, but I'm on the road 24-7, and in the last week alone there have been two pedestrian accidents, accidents near where I live. One was a fatal one on uh, Diagonal Road at Warradale, and then there was another one where a, a pedestrian was hit by a truck. Now... As a driver on the road all the time, I'm amazed at how many people don't even look for cars. They walk behind them when you're reversing. They walk in front of you. They look the other way like, if I don't look at you, you're not there. And at the end of the day, 
you know, I'm a runner as well, so I also see the part where cars don't look for their strength. But it's two-way street. Guys, if you're going to walk in front of a car, you're going to end up in a fair amount of strife. Yeah, you, you raise a really good point um, because I think people associate distraction highly with mobile phones and that's not the case. Well, that's a big contributor. As you say, people that just are inattentive, um, that are listening to something on their their iPod, um, generally not paying attention to the environment, they do pose a significant risk. And um, I can tell you that in, in the last five years, 193 people have lost their lives because they have been distracted by one means or another, which is a huge amount of uh, lives lost. These are these are pedestrians yeah, you're talking about, Bob. No, I'm talking about people generally that are, have lost their lives because of the, they've been distracted. But um, yeah. I mean, this year we've had um, six pedestrians that have lost their lives, and a number of those um, um, was because of their own um, behaviour. Yeah, looking at mobile phones yeah. crossing the roads and not a Fiona. Any other questions for the superintendent? Oh, that was my big one, and because I'm on the road all the time, it's like I'm, I'm amazed since COVID. The change in the traffic behaviour has been... It's almost like everyone's forgotten how to drive. It's really bad out on the roads at the moment, and I've found pedestrians is one thing. The other thing is drivers... You talk about distraction. If they're looking for a, t- a street or something like that, instead of pulling over and waiting till traffic's gone past, they'll drive, you know, 40 kilometres an hour in a 60 zone and in a middle lane and create a hazard. Um, and other drivers aren't expecting it. So slow driving can be just as dangerous on the road as speeding. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you in terms of any uh, any inattentional distraction creates a you know a, a serious risk on our roads and I'd certainly urge people not to be distracted and as you quite rightly say if you need to pull over to do something to look look up a street or whatever you need to do and that can include playing with um, audio equipment in your car or whatever you need to do within that cabin if it's going to yeah. distract you from driving pull over. Right. Fiona thank you for the call uh, at Wallaroo Darren's given us a ring from up there hello Darren. Yeah, yeah g'day guys um First of all, I've got a sort of an observation that uh, I'm noticing a, a, an awful lot up in the country, and that is vehicles not being able to keep left, and instead they're actually driving their wheels on the middle white lines. So first of all, that's obviously dangerous and may contribute to head-ons, and I'm wondering whether it's an offence. And the second part is number plates, the white background. If that's been sandpapered out or even just wear, uh, wear and tear, is, is that uh, an offence as well? So your first question, if you're driving on a uh, solid white line, then yes, you are committing an offence. And your second question, if, you, if your number plate's not uh, visible, as it should be, then yes, you can be um, expiated for having a number plate that's not visible. All right, thank you. That's all I needed to know. All right, no, Darren, question is answered. Uh, at Mawson Lakes this time around for Superintendent Bob. Uh, Brett's on the telephone. Hello, Brett. Hello, hello, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call, Superintendent. We appreciate everything you do, I'm quite sure. Hey, thank, um, thank you. Oh, not at all. I'm sure you've got a very, very difficult job. Um, South Australia seems to be the... I've travelled all over the country and, and driven all over the world, and we are the worst people in the world for not keeping less and less overtaking, and it drives me crazy. Quite a what the lady was just saying, the, the truck driver. Um, people in this state just seem to be completely unaware of it and I would love to see a major blitz on this and I think if you wanted to pull the space uh, back into the uh, back into the black in about 24 hours you have all the money you get everybody to keep left thoughts 
Yeah, I mean, um, you're right. A lot of people, a lot of people do the right thing, but there is a cohort of people out there that uh, either aren't aware of their obligation to keep left, or they just simply disregard it. And uh, it is particularly frustrating when you're travelling on a dual lane highway uh, in regional South Australia, and you have people that um, refuse to keep left. We actually see people, for example, I've just I'm on South Road, just gone over the new motorway or the superway, and you actually see people come out of the left lane, go across three lanes of traffic with nobody around, straight into the right-hand lane. And it just seems that... I know it's not the police's fault to to, um, to fix the problem, but, geez, if we had a major blitz on it and actually started picking people up for it, we might be able to knock it on the head pretty quickly and, and save the... Because it creates, um, it creates frustration. Um, I dare say it creates road rage. Uh, not that that's an excuse, but it certainly seems to be a... A case, and I, I just like to put my point in there that if if, if you're thinking about it, be fantastic if somebody uh, take that initiative and and try and uh, get rid of it. I think it's cancerous on the roads. It'd be fantastic. Right, Thank Britt. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to Kay this time around with the superintendent uh, Bob Gray on the telephone. Hello, Kay. Uh, hello. I'd just like to ask you one question. If I'm driving and my husband's sitting in the passenger seat and we pull up at the red light. He's on his phone and he says to me, "Oh, look, I've, here's a lovely photo of one of the grandkids," and he holds it up. And shows me. Am I on that phone, or is that is that permitted? No, you're not on the phone. But no, I, would, no. I, I would urge you not to uh, not to be distracted while you're driving. But if you're not touching that phone, then you, you're not using that mobile phone. So he can show me a photo, or I can listen to one of the grandkids on loudspeaker if they're talking to me. As long as I'm, uh, if, even if I'm driving, but I haven't got that phone in my hand. Yeah, as long as you're not using that. Yes. As long as you're not using it, that's right. Oh, that's all right. Then no worries. Thank you. Right out to North Adelaide this time around. Our guest is Superintendent Bob Gray, and Bob's in charge of, uh, well, effectively the traffic for South Australian police. And uh, Bruce at North Adelaide. Good afternoon, Bruce. Yeah, um, this is just a proven point, really, to somebody. But is it illegal to have a lapdog on your lap when you're driving? I think it's obvious the answer, but... Um, and what's the fine? Look, I can't tell you what the fine is, but there's a raft of things that you could be um, be prosecuted for, and uh, as you quite rightly say, clearly that's not the sort of behaviour that we would encourage because that certainly uh, has the potential to distract you from what you're supposed to be doing. So I'd urge you not to uh, not to do that. So how do the police actually see you doing it? That's the other thing. Well, uh, obviously, if they see you uh, with a dog on your lap, then uh, you're likely to get stopped and spoken to. Yeah, I reckon so, yeah, for sure. Uh, to Woodcroft this time around, and for Superintendent Bob Gray, uh, Ken's given us a call. Good afternoon, Ken. Yeah, good afternoon, uh, Bob. Um, one question I'd like to ask with technology these days, it changes so rapidly. Uh, when your cars are on the road, how do you detect whether the car in front is actually either doesn't have registration, the driver doesn't have a licence? Do you have a button you can press where the police car has a camera set up on the car that you can get an instant reading or do you physically have to uh, type in the rego of the car in front of you or is there a different way you can detect drivers these days? Um, it's just a, a thought where if you're typing in uh, and you're driving behind a car and you, you want to type in that particular car... Do you physically have to do that? And you're committing an offence by typing in that while you're driving. 
Look, I'm not going to go into the um, the operations of what we do, but I can tell you that we do have the capability in a number of areas to uh, determine whether a car is registered and insured and whether um, a person who may be driving that car is, is licensed. We have a number of capabilities in respect to being able to do that. Right. Okay. From uh, Woodcroft to Lockleys, and Bill from uh, Lockleys has called us. Hello, Bill. Oh, good day, uh, gentlemen. Uh, just one quick question. Um, to preface it, I, I understand fully that uh, using a mobile phone in a in a car is an absolute distraction. But my question is: uh, a lot of truckies use two-way radios. A lot of cab drivers use computers, which are mounted on their dashboards. Uber drivers use phones mounted on their dashboards as uh, uh, map guidance tools. Are all these people breaking the law? And if not, why not? Well, then they're not all breaking the law depending on what they're doing. I mean, as I said, basically, if you are committing any activity that's distracting you from driving with due care, then you are committing an offence. And um, and there's a whole lot of um, a whole lot of things that we can look at in terms of of that. And there's a whole lot of different scenarios that, as you've identified, exist. But that's the bottom line. That's making it very simple. If you're doing something that is um, diverting your attention away from driving in a, with due care, then you are potentially committing an offence. So what you're really saying is that even though you're not saying it, they are all breaking the law. What I'm saying is it depends on the circumstances, but if you are distracted to the point where you're not exercising due care, yes, you are breaking the law. I know, Bill. Thank you for the call. Richard at Elizabeth Grove, he'll be our next caller. Our guest is Superintendent Bob Gray, and Bob's the officer in charge of the Traffic Services Branch of the South Australian Police. It's uh, just on a quarter to two now. In these times of increased restrictions, delivery to the door services are more important than ever. There's an Adelaide business that's changing the way we use couriers, and you can find out more in 5AA's Interactive Lounge with the Courier app Thursday, August 13th. I'll be chatting with Jonathan Matthews, the director of the Courier app, which is a new delivery service here in Adelaide. That's the 5AA Interactive Lounge with the Courier app, Thursday, August 13th, from 1.30 until 2.30. The number is 1800 270 Can you fix the shower? Yes, we can. Can you fix the power? Yes, we can. Yes, we can, is what we say at Service Today. For emergency plumbing and electrical, no matter what size job you need, at Service Today, the answer will always be yes, we can. It's Service Today, guaranteed or it's free. Can you fix the shower? Yes, we can. Can you fix the power? Yes, we can. Yes, we can, is what we say at Service Today. Look out for our bright yellow trucks. Taking time to listen can make all the difference. Farrell and O'Neill Funerals is a South Australian family company committed to guiding and supporting families at an emotional time. We value a lifetime by offering a compassionate, caring and unique service with attention to the smallest detail. Finding guidance through a difficult time can be comforting. Farrell and O'Neill Funerals, 8296 3134. Beep, beep, it's Barry Bowen from Budget. And the answer is yes. Yes to car and truck rental. Yes to minibus rentals on a car licence. Yes to four-wheel drives and utes. Yes to tippers. Yes to mobile kill rooms. Yes to open and enclosed trailers. Yes to five and eight-ton Pantex. At budget, the answer is always yes.
Call 13 27 27 for a budget car and truck rental near you. Gaming rooms are now open at all Barrow hotels. And if you're a Jackpot member, the news is even better because Jackpot members can enjoy our 20 for 20 offer. Drop into the Birkenhead Tavern, the Albion or the Excelsior, cash $20 worth of J-Points and they'll give you a $20 meal voucher. That's got to be the best bang for buck going around. A flutter, a meal and a great time. You just know it's a Barrow Hotel. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. When Jamie from Pridal Services hears that a new inquiry for a painting project has been submitted online, he can't wait to call you back. He springs right into action and calls you back within half an hour. It's the kind of guy Jamie is, and I found it's how he runs his business. Keeping things simple, seamless and timeless, just the way you want it. Whether you have just one bedroom to do, right up to a complete house repaint. Get in touch with Jamie from Pridal Services at pridal.com.au and he'll call you back in no time. Looking to buy Arbor Vitae? It's available online by visiting arborvitae.com.au or you can buy it direct from Health Foods Murray Bridge, Blackwood, Norwood and Salisbury. Call Arbor Vitae on 1300 879 863. Australia, Coles has three rare little treehouse books to be found. A free little book is yours with every $30 you spend at Coles and Coles Express. Look out for the rare little treehouse books. Coles, good things, great value. While stocks last, T's and C's apply. Macular degeneration is Australia's leading cause of blindness. If you're over 50, have an eye test and macular check. Early detection is vital. You can have the very early signs without even knowing. Information, guidance and support is only a phone call away. Call the Macular Disease Foundation on 1-800-111-709 for a free macular degeneration information kit. Scraped your caravan? Walker Crash Repairs, an RAA-approved caravan crash repairer. This is Tony Pilkington. It's uh, just on 10 to 2. Superintendent Bob Gray, the officer in charge of traffic with the uh, South Australian Police, is our guest on the line. We've got uh, Richard at Elizabeth and Rickett also up at Elizabeth and, uh, and Paul will be our next three callers. You're planning something as important as a wedding reception, there's a, perhaps a, a conference of some kind or another, some occasion that's important, a birthday, a reunion, an anniversary of some kind or another. The Regal Park Motor Inn up at Barton Terrace in North Adelaide have completely revamped and beautifully uh, refurbished their conference facilities up there. It's affordable. You've got on-site accommodation, free parking. They can do all of the catering and it's absolutely affordable. Keep it in mind, it's uh, Barton Terrace at North Adelaide. You're close to the um, shopping of uh, Connell Street and the restaurants. You're not too far away from the middle of uh, Adelaide itself and the Adelaide Oval. So whether it be a wedding reception, a conference of some kind, a special occasion, anniversary or a birthday, and you're looking for a venue that's affordable and really convenient, this is the, uh, the new conference facility at the Regal Park Motor Inn up in Barton Terrace. Uh, you can simply go online and find out more about it. Conferences at regalpark.com.au We're talking with uh, the officer in charge of the traffic. An important role too with the South Australian Police, Superintendent Bob Gray. We've got calls all over the place for you, Bob. This one from Elizabeth Grove and Richard's on the line. G'day, Richard. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. That's OK. And, uh... I've degraded myself, as some people say, I've got myself a gopher. Got rid of my car, but I'm that many different uh, opinions of where I'm supposed to ride and everything else. The, the gopher's still sitting in the driveway, <laughs> trotting the <laughs> so, uh, Am I supposed to be driving on the footpath or on the road 
tracing the cars coming in front, or do I follow the same rules as I got when I turned 16 over 60 years ago? So <laughs> okay. I'm confused. Righto, Bob, what's the answer to that one? Look, you can, uh, you can say, as long as you, you're safe, obviously, and you look for pedestrian traffic, you can uh, ride your gopher on the, uh, on the footpath, which is probably the safest thing for you to do. Yeah, Richard, yeah. I'd, I'd stick to the footpath, old cobra. If I was you, you uh, the worst thing you can do is get a, a kid on a bike. But, uh, uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. How about Elizabeth? Rick from up there has given us a call. Hello, Rick. Hey, what's that? Rick, what's your question for Superintendent Bob? Uh, headlights, mate. Um, headlights, I'm yeah. I'm sick of seeing uh, cars with blown headlights. It's much of a pain in the bum to... Defect them. I do understand. Um, you have to do it at night. You can do a blitz at night time on defects because it's getting out from Elizabeth or Adam. So effectively, Rick, the question is: what's the uh, what's the uh, the ruling on, on headlights, Superintendent Bob? Well, the ruling is you have to have two uh, operational headlights. So well, we know that. Yeah, so as you quite rightly said, if you uh, don't have two operational headlights and you're seen at night, then um, police will pull you over and speak to you. Bob, what's the uh, what's the what's the law regarding headlights? Having headlights on in the middle of the day. Some people think it's a, a safety precaution. Other people are saying no, it's illegal. Having your headlights on during the day is not illegal. You can do that, and um, uh, certainly if you're travelling in regional South Australia, I would urge people to do that. Okay, right on. Uh, to Plimpton Park, and uh, Paul from there has got a question for the superintendent. Hello, Paul. Uh, yeah, thanks, Bill. Uh, thanks, Bob. Bob, uh, this is more or less a. Uh a referee going on for my children with a, with a road law. Um, we live in an area, a high area of rat racing, you know, where they cut through your, your suburbs and, and we live in narrow streets. They come down the, the road at a great speed and, and get out the way. I've been trying to explain to my, my grandkids who I taught to drive, uh, if they come onto your side of the road, they're in the wrong. It's not... One of my grandchildren thought it was first in best dress. I said, no, once a vehicle crosses the road and is in your lane, which is the case of if the vehicle's on, on the other side of the road, if you understand what I'm saying, is that... Can I confirm that? Yeah, I think I think what you, you're saying is that um, that if you're travelling in a narrow street, then the person that's basically um, takes up the more um, aggressive position has right away, and that's not the case. The law, yeah. tr- the law driving on the road, you, you're completely correct. You've got to stay as, uh, as close to the left-hand side the of the road side. as practicable, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about when they drive around parked cars, you know. No, no problems with a clear a clear way, but when there's cars parked and they have to drive around those cars and then come onto your side of the road, and I'm saying, why should you give up, give up your right away and you'd avoid an accident? Is it, it is illegal. If there is a collision, which has been in our street on an intersection, there was a crash, but if, they, if there's a head-on crash, the person adjudicated to be on the wrong side of the road at the time is in the wrong. Is that correct? If the person's on the wrong side of the road and there's a head-on collision, then that person would be deemed to be in the wrong. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, Bob. Uh, I win the I win the argument. Thank right. you. <laughs> Answered that one to uh, Ross, Trevor, and Gary from there's called us. Hello, Gary. G'day. Um, just got this thing about the white lines and unbroken white lines and people turning across unbroken white lines into private property. I was taught that you can't do it. McGill Road's been resurfaced and all the white lines in the middle have been repainted, so that now opposite my office, that where they used to be unbroken white lines and people couldn't come out of a car park and turn uh, down towards the city coming out of a you know a, a big car park. Now they do, and if you're trying to cross the road, you've got cars that shouldn't be able to cross the line. So I got in touch with Norwood Payton Council. They confirmed on Google Maps that they used to be a, 
a solid white line. I got the highways department out there. Four guys came out with fluoro vests, stood there, and said there's nothing wrong with them. But if you go down to where the Mater Magpie is, if you used to come out of town, you never used to be able to turn right into where they sell those firearms and all that because it was too close to the set of traffic lights. But now they're all unbroken white lines and people decide to put their right-hand indicator on within 30, 40 metres of a major intersection and hold up traffic. And there's going to be a, a tail ender there soon as well. So I think they should, you know, someone should get out there and fix these lines. Yeah, look, um, I appreciate uh, your call. Uh, that's uh, that's really not a matter for SAPOL in terms of line marking, so um, I, ac <clears throat> I accept what you're saying and I accept the risk that it can pose, but, um, again, we're not uh, we're not consulted and we'd have no input into uh, that sort of line marking. Jeff, uh, you'll be our last caller. You've got a, another question regarding car headlights uh, for the superintendent. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, hi, Tony. Uh, uh, hi there, Bob. Yep, also to a previous call, you probably took couple of calls ago about the traffic headlights on cars. Um, yeah, it's been going on for months and months. They see it. How, how often do they do um, road tests on cars and turn up blitzers? Look, we, we certainly have um, targeted policing operations all through the year based on um, what the evidence tells us. So we try and put our people... Um, where they need to be, when they need to be there. Um, but the reality is that um, we don't have to have a blitz to make sure that your vehicle's roadworthy. So, as I said, if you're driving along and your light's not working and a police car has the capability to speak with you, then uh, generally I would expect that that's what will happen. You'll be pulled over and then there'll be a discussion about why, you're, why your headlight's not working. Right. Bob, thank you for the time this afternoon. A squillion and one telephone calls has been good fun. We'll hope, uh, Hopefully we can do it again soon because there's a lot of questions out there regarding the road laws and, and what's going on at the moment. Bob, thanks for the time. Thank you, Tony. That's the officer in charge of the traffic division of uh, the South Australian Police in a very important role, Superintendent Bob Gray.